This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Full time at the Emirates and it has finished Arsenal 0, Liverpool 2 as goals from Diogo Jota and Roberto Firmino secure an absolutely massive win in the context of the Premier League title race for Liverpool. In addition, the Reds will move top of the Premier League table before Man City play again should they beat Watford after the international break. I'm Patrick Smith and you're listening to the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel courtesy of the Liverpool Echo. We'll bring you Paul Gorst's verdict, Jurgen Klopp's press conference and the fan reaction to that huge win as Liverpool placed the Premier League title race in their own hands. The post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel. So what was billed as uh, the biggest game of Liverpool's season so far has ended with a 2-0 win at Arsenal this evening. Uh, goals from Diogo Jota and substitute Roberto Firmino in the second half have taken Liverpool to within one point of Manchester City. Um, scarcely believable really when you think that City were 14 points ahead in mid-January. Uh, Liverpool's 2-2 draw at the beginning of the year at Chelsea left them uh, 11 behind City and it really did look like the title was all but over, but Liverpool have rallied back. They've now won nine games in a row. They've taken 28 points from the last 30 available in 2022 to stand on the brink of matching City neck and neck as the title race enters the final um, six weeks or so. It's going to be a hell of a run. A sprint to the finish now between two teams who Jamie Carragher has called the best in Europe uh, earlier this week. Um, but Liverpool didn't really start too well. Arsenal were on the front foot for most of the game, but Liverpool defended really impressively. Uh, Andy Robertson in particular against Bukayo Saka on that uh, left side of the fence. He was uh, outstanding all game. Virgil van Dijk, John Matip, both rock solid as you would expect. And Trent Alexander-Arnold was given a, a test and examination against Gabby Martinelli, but came through it well. Uh, Liverpool's back five, two of them were superb. Um, Alisson Becker with an incredible save in the second half from um, Martin Odegaard after Thiago's wayward back pass. But, uh, after really digging in deep and defending well and showing just why they've only conceded two goals in the last nine Premier League games, they came to the fore with uh, Jota. His last touch of the game, fired a pass to uh, Adam Ramsdale after an incredible pass from Thiago Alcantara. He really made amends for that poor back pass with an incredible pass forward. And once Jota rattled it in past the near post, his seventh goal for Liverpool against Arsenal, which is an incredible stat really when you consider that he only joined the club in September of 2020. Uh, you never really felt that Liverpool weren't going to do anything other than come away from the Emirates with uh, another big win. Uh, Roberto Firmino came on alongside uh, Mohamed Salah and um, put the game to bed with a wonderful finish from Andy Robertson's low cross. Again, uh, another word for superb performance from the Scotland captain. He was excellent all night at left-back and claimed an assist on top of an excellent display defensively. Um, Liverpool um, rolled out the last 15-20 minutes without too much of a problem. Uh, kept the clean sheets against Arsenal for the fourth successive game this season. Um, so they go to within a point of uh, Manchester City and now it really is game on in the Premier League title race. Liverpool play before City after the international break. Watford at home on April the 2nd and if they win that they will go above City before they play at Burnley that same day. It's finished here at the Emirates. Uh, Arsenal nil, Liverpool 2. The post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel. Good evening everyone, tight turnaround tonight with the late kickoff, but we'll get through as many as we can. Want to start us off? Perhaps two different thoughts. Arsenal were the better team in the first half, but Liverpool really came strong in the second half. 
Yeah, we had a better start in the game, obviously, directly with the corners and the two, three corners we had in a row. And then um, we made a few mistakes, that's right. Um, so both teams had obviously possession spells, but in our possession spells we didn't really create because we didn't have enough bodies between the lines. Um, played a bit too much around the formation and trying to, to, to find the gaps to pass the ball through. On the other side, when Arsenal was, had the ball, then we defended, didn't defend enough front-footed. We knew um, with the way they they um, do it in open play situations, and you have to be patient, but um, just until a specific moment, and then you have to be there. And when Diogo goes, then we have to follow. And we had actually the lines in general were too deep. So and then. It was like you said, the first half. So, but I was quite happy when it was over because then we could adjust a little bit in half time. But we needed maybe still a, a wake up call or the alarm bell from Thiago, um, bring, <laughs> increasing the excitement level a lot. Um, and yeah, Ali could save us in that moment. And from there, um, we did a lot of things better. A lot of things better. For the, good, the first goal is a good example. So, like, um, I think it was Thiago stepping in with the ball, like changing the um, direction in the right in the right way, passed the ball through. All of a sudden, there was the gap. I don't think we had in the first half one of these moments where we had all these balls giving to the striker, foot on the ball, defender in, in the back, and these kind of things. So we needed to move more in the first in the front line. What we did there, and then. Diogo finished it obviously brilliantly off. Um, yeah, and then the rest is what you saw as well. Were you going to take Diego off before he scored? Yeah. Yeah, the plan was before. It didn't take him off because he scored. Yeah, no, that was, oh yeah. Yeah, then Bobby would have scored that goal already probably. Yeah, on, on, on you, 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 you know, Tap, Gary said on Monday that. It's a joke of a front line, and he actually thinks that that could be the difference between yourselves winning the title and Manchester City not. The fact that you've got so many options available to you. How do you, how do you choose them game to game? It must be an absolute dream for a manager to have those players of that quality to pick from. I, I, I don't like these discussions at all. To be honest, I mean, like talking about City and as if they would miss a striker. That's a joke. The way they played, they had against Crystal Palace, they had like five or six clear-cut chances had nothing to do with not having a striker. You tell me De Bruyne hit the crossbar because there was no striker. You cannot open discussions like you want. One side, one day they are the best team in the world and, and on the next day they miss a striker. So it's, football is not that easy. You just put a striker there and all of a sudden you, he, he finished the situations off. We need our boys in different ways as well. It's not just that you can be a striker who scores goals. Our, if you want to be a striker for Liverpool, you have to work your fucking socks off in each game. You have to defend the width, you have to defend the, the whatever. And um, that is important. That's why we changed. Not because they didn't score, because they scored and we still changed. Um, but it's about um, how much um, how much can they help us in all the situations and for that you need uh, we need fresh legs and it's not it's not a massive problem to be honest um, to to have the to to find the right lineup, it depends to the moment and stuff like this. Who played how many minutes? If you have the chance, it's the first time we have it. Usually, uh, years ago, it was like Sadio and Mo played all the time, and. 
Bobby pretty much all the time, or Divock played. So that was the that was the situation, and maybe that's the reason why we were never in in more competitions. We just were in two or whatever. So um, no, it's. That's not. Uh, I don't have a problem with that. Divo Gorigi was on the squad today. That's a joke as well because if you would see him training, you think, how can you leave him at home? But that's it. City. Yeah, we had. No, we had. Well, I think we had six games more than Arsenal. That's a, you can see that as well. So because not if you play or not, but we, we constantly travel. We go here, we go there. We are in the hotel and stuff like this. That we since we met last time, we had six. Uh, we had six games more than them, I think. Thirteen and seven, if I'm right. So thirteen games. It's really mad, and it will not stop. Uh, and and that's how it is. But it's actually. I don't complain. We don't complain. It's just how it is. So you you wake up in a different hotel and and somebody tells you where the the, the restaurant is. So and then uh, you you try to f remember the number of your room. Um, that's our, that's our life in the moment, and um, that's why I'm so happy today. Obviously, because come on, coming here to Arsenal in that moment against this team, um, winning two nil. That's really special. That's really special. Because we won, because we won them, yes, but not all of them, but some, yes, of course, gives momentum. But momentum is the is the most fragile flower on the planet. Somebody walk just walk past you and, and steps on it and done, and then you work again. Um, I don't know how long to to get kind of a momentum back. So um, I am not a, much, a big friend of momentum. It's just get through it, um, really. Um, Find the way in, in, in the game to get through it and, and, and then let's see where we end up in the end. It's a, it's a tough one. And just one last one. You've been in front, now you're coming from behind. Which of the two positions do you prefer? I would prefer now being 20 points in front, to be honest. <laughs> Massively. Uh, James Pearce, and then we'll take the gentleman back. You only have 17 Premier League clean sheets now this season. I think one conceded in the last seven. That's a clear agreement of us, a clear agreement since we had to readjust it, to be honest, so like early January. So like we have to, we have to agree on defense first, um, because otherwise you, you are some team, um, um, like any team or whatever, you, 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 you win or you lose or you win or you lose. And today we won 2-0, but we had games where we won 1-0 and we wouldn't have won these games if we are not defensively on uh, spot on. The last line in general was today incredible. The, um, Ali saved us again, but what the two fullbacks did was absolutely insane. So I said it already before, but if one of you thinks still that Trent cannot defend, then sorry, you have no idea about football. And um, everybody who says that, um, it's just it's just madness. Boy, but to play against Martinelli, what Hendo did, <laughs> like running 50 times to that side, because we second half we defended better, and the only real option they had were to 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 play the diagonal balls for Martinelli. Eh? So and then you have these one-one situations constantly. That was absolutely 
these situations were the winner today. Yes, we needed still to score goals, but that we defended them in these situations, that was um, essential. Absolutely. The top goal. Top, top, top goal. And Robbo really waited. Robbo didn't take the first opportunity. He obviously got the ball, stepped in the box, and then he was waiting for the movement in the box. And then we found... I think there were two or three players in a proper position, but Bobby got foot or whatever on the ball. I, I, that's my, the, the shambles of my position. I saw it once and I didn't even know who scored, but I heard it then. I, I saw the yellow card for Bobby and I thought he probably will not take the shirt off if Hendo scores. So. Um, um, yeah, I will watch it back. Yeah, so, so we can see you're very happy now. It was an impressive win against a good Arsenal team. But like you said, the first half you were almost glad it was over. What were you getting so upset and angry about towards the end of the first half? You were talking to the fourth official. And... Oh, the situation with Sadio Mane. I can't, I, 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 I'm sick of it. Just sick of it that you take a player out. It's like they could have done what he wanted. Everything was foul. He fouled or he didn't get fouled. That was what I was talking about. It had nothing to do with the game. I was been really. I have no idea. Maybe somebody can explain it to me. Why? Why Sadio don't get free kicks and tell me not he's a dive over there? He's not. He's not. I know him better than anybody else, and he's not. And maybe he's one. It's not a clear foul, but then for him it's always like this. If it's one, if if it maybe has only little contact and goes down, then you will then you will see it. The next five situations, he will not even for the proper ones he gets a free kick, and that what. Uh, that was what I lack, was. A lack of protection, in other words. Sorry. A lack of protection, in other words. Whatever you want to make of it, just look to situations back and 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 tell me that's always not a foul. I mean, Ben White in the corner, Salio press him, Ben kicks the ball out more or less. There's no contact, but still free kick for for Arsenal. So it's smart from Ben White. But it's, if Salio is doing that, the whole stadium is on their toes and the ref thinks, oh my God, he's doing it. I I really I'm sick of that. That's why I was a bit angry. The rhythm is good, but rhythm is as well playing all four days or five days, it's rhythm as well. It's playing all three days is rhythm, but it's a really intense one. Yeah. We are used to it. It's how I said. It's no complaining about. It. Sorry, we want to be. We want to be part in all competition. That's how it is. Yes, and we make changes in some games and more, and, and others less. Um, but it's still, it's intense. But it's nothing. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. But um, yeah, it's we have kind of rhythm. But the opponents are so. They have all quality, but they are really different. All of them. So and you always have to find a way against this team. And um, today it was Arsenal, and we found a way. And um, that's good. Really in the city, and you know, what have you been driving towards? How has it been for you as a team? And give us a, a, a bit of color on that process. It's slowly come towards you, it's slowly caught them up like a kind of lion chasing a plane. Oh, I don't, I, I really don't think a lot about city. Uh, that's the truth. Um, I know that the only chance we have is to win an incredible amount of football games because our opponents win incredible amount of football games. There's no chance to, 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 to drop. I said it before, the last few years, um, we pushed each other on insane levels. 
So you only we only had I, I forgot the number, but ninety odd points, because they had that many points, and they had it only because we had it, and and that's the situation. So it makes each game a final, um, and that's, you can enjoy that absolutely, but you need to be ready for the intensity as well. I mean intensity now here, if you are really again to be really there. I don't think it's a problem for a human being to be all three days like completely focused on what you do, but then comes in the physical part. Makes you tired. You feel it here. You feel it there. So that's the, that's what we are constantly fighting. City. We don't fight city. We play city in three, four weeks. I don't know exactly. Uh, then we will give them hopefully a proper fight. But apart from that, we are in a good moment. We, we are in a good mood. That's all clear. But we know the only way we can do it is to to um, dig really deep. If I didn't answer your question, then it was because I didn't understand it. I thought I got it, but I was not 100% sure. So, gentlemen, by the way, you can say, yeah, 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 I'm good already since 20 minutes. So, thank you very much. See you. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. The Reds River 2 0 win away there at Arsenal. And we moved to within one point of Manchester City in the Premier League. Nine games to go and it's all to play for. First half wasn't looking great for the Reds. Uh, Forza Arsenal were really, really impressive first half. Loads of energy, really well organised, really well drilled. And they kept, they kept us there uh, to minimal chances really. We had a very... Very early chance with a header from a Van Dijk corner. But other than that, there was very little from the Reds and we sort of got overrun. The energy from uh, the likes of Ogard, Martinelli, Saka, whenever we had the ball, they pressed us so well. Um, we, yeah, we, we, we struggled to get a grip in that first half. Um, and we need obviously we needed to just get through that first half. Get into the changes and have a and have a good word because you know if we continued like that it was only going to end one way. But second half we came out much much better. We made changes very early on as well, which um, probably helps as well. And we got the goal on um, I think it was fifty four fifty five minutes from Jota. Um, great ball from Thiago. Who did struggle to get on the ball in the first half? But great, they played a great ball through, split the defence into Jota. Jota's one on one, smashed the ball in. To be fair, Ramsdale, the keeper, has got to do a lot better in his near post. Strong hand and he keeps it out, but thankfully he didn't. Jota's done all he can at the target, and it's 1 0. And at that point, you're thinking basically it's game over. Probably. I probably could mention the main point in the match a few minutes before that. Um, it was a mistake from Thiago. Uh, played the pass, back, back pass. And um, Allison's ended up making a really, really crucial save in the games at 0-0. And it was literally three or four minutes later when Thiago's made the pass in the other direction. And we've gone 1-0 up. And from that point, it was you, you're thinking it's basically game over. The subs were made straight away then and it was probably another five minutes or so. And Bobby Firmino, uh, the sub has made it 2-0 for the Reds and definitely put the game to bed. Much better pressing. 
Um, Robbo's pressed really high up, won the ball, done a lovely little cut back in and Firmino's just got a little nick on it, tucked it away into 2-0, it's absolute game over. And yeah, really, really vital win there. I was a little bit worried in that first half, how, how good Arsenal were looking. But the one thing I was thinking is the levels of energy and um, effort at Arsenal were putting in so much effort in that first half. I was I was thinking they're gonna roll to gas, they're gonna roll to legs and it did seem to happen. Second half they just didn't have them legs, didn't have that energy. Liverpool obviously were gonna get better because we, we did struggle in that first half. Midfield got on the ball a lot more and obviously the goal settled us all down and from that point we're getting really good at seeing games out now and We've got a world-class back four, world-class midfield, world-class bench, world-class forward line, world-class manager. So once we go in front, it's going to be a very, very special side that's going to get back and get anything out of us. So all in all, 2-0, Taylor two halves, and we're one point behind Man City. We're going to, I'm going to use the oldest cliche in football, but all we can do now, we just need to take it one game at a time. Don't want to get too excited. I'm sure the players are thinking the same. One game at a time, and it'll take care of itself. FA Cup at the weekend. Got a fancy us in that. Win that, we're in the semis. It's all to play for then. I'm sure it's internationals, though, so we might have a little bit of a break then, but... Then we're back to, we've got the Champions League draw coming up Friday. That'll be interesting to see who we get. Another quarter final to look forward to. Nine games left in the Premier League. It is it is in our hands. And yeah, I'm excited, but I don't want to, I don't want to get too excited. Let's take it one game at a time. Let's see where we are in a few more weeks. Proud of the Reds there. Great win. Vital three points in the race for this title. And we're right in the mix now. One point behind City. Come on, Liverpool. What a really big result for Liverpool at Arsenal. A game which you'd always looked at on the, the calendar and especially the way Arsenal have been playing and felt that it would be a really difficult game. And so proved I felt Arsenal were outstanding in the first half, I must admit. I mean, Arteta set up in a, in a 4-4-2 out of possession and I've seen City do this a lot against Liverpool and against other sides. And it causes Liverpool a problem trying to play through central areas, especially when trying to get their midfield players onto the ball with, with really tight distances from the teams who set out that way. And I didn't feel there was any space for Liverpool to play in Arsenal's defensive third or even mid-section third, mid-third in the, in the football pitch. And, and I felt it was a really good performance. However, one thing I would say is that the best teams and the ones who accumulate the most points and the ones who go on to lift multiple trophies, they always have a solidity about them in the hardest moments. And that's normally through a core of the team and an organisation from the manager in which when they are not playing particularly well and also when the opposition are playing well, they manage to negate many of the opposition enroads into their defensive third and also contain the majority of the good football that is played by the opposition so as well as Arsenal played 
they weren't able really to puncture Liverpool at any time and create any real opportunities. I mean, when you actually look at the game, the misplaced back pass from Thiago was obviously a catastrophic mistake, really poor piece of play. But that was from Liverpool's own doing. The rest of the time, you always felt that whilst Arsenal were playing the better football and they were getting into some good areas, you never really felt they had the punch to hurt Liverpool. And that's because Liverpool have outstanding players in certain areas of the pitch. Well, they have outstanding players in all areas of the pitch. But any good team has that real solid foundation. And from the goalkeeper, back four, and Fabinho as the, the sitter in midfield, it's very, very difficult to play through Liverpool. And even, well, it's very difficult to go over Liverpool, round Liverpool, or play through Liverpool. And so, when you also think about the, let's take the centre-arse, for example. So, you know, you're not going to beat them in the air. Well, we know we're not going to beat Van Dijk in any any capacity, but if you look at them as a pair, you're not going to run them. You're not going to beat them in the air. And also, when they're in possession of the ball, it also creates a massive problem for the opposition because ordinarily, Arsenal would have probably pressed a, a little bit higher. They were almost in a mid-block, but they couldn't press higher because... Liverpool's two defensive centre-halves are so good on the ball in different ways. Matip being able to carry the ball and play line-breaking passes, but also Van Dijk to play over higher distances. That means that Liverpool have a level of control because Arsenal almost have to surrender the press to a mid-block because they can't afford to press too high because of Liverpool's ability and them two players to be able to play through, round or over. So it's just a perfect package and I think... I felt Matip was absolutely outstanding in the game. To be fair, perfectly honest, I felt the two centre-halves were both outstanding with Robertson. And again, I mentioned Andy Robertson just a couple of podcasts ago about how good he has been for Liverpool. And obviously, sometimes he is a player who sort of gets overlooked and he does by himself sometimes because you just become the norm, such as his consistency. But I felt he was excellent against Saka, against a really difficult opponent who can travel with the ball, but also make runs in behind. And obviously, for the second goal, Excellent pressure he provided, summed them up really. Relentless pressure, able to come away with the ball and then obviously feed the cross to Firmino. And Fabino as well, just knitting things together in front of that back four. And what I mean about knitting things together, I don't mean on the ball. I just mean whenever there was a loose ball, there's always that telescopic leg, especially in small spaces that Liverpool are normally in when they're, they're defending in a shape. I don't think there's anyone better at suffocating them small spaces and getting crucial touches or crucial blocks on the ball. Matip, as I say, was outstanding. And I mean, I've mentioned Matip a few times this season, but what an outstanding centre-half he is. I just think he... It's really got to the point now where over the seasons, Joe Gomez and Matip have always been... They've been outstanding players for Liverpool even before this season. And when one came in, he performed brilliantly and then the other had come in and performed brilliantly and they both had different traits which made them excellent partners for Van Dijk. But obviously having Matip fifth for the whole se- season this season has just been so crucial to Liverpool and there's no question in my mind if you were to ask me to swap Matip for any other centre-half in the Premier League to, to play alongside Van Dijk in this period, I couldn't, I couldn't offer anybody else because what he offers you both on the ball and without the ball as a defender, I don't think there's a comparison, really. I think he's that good. And obviously, when we, we, we talk about Liverpool and they have that stability and they are able to ride out, I would say, with relative comfortable assurance 
opposition's best spells in games. And even when, like I say, you do believe that there is a little bit of pressure, it never really succumbs to anything. And when it does, the goalkeeper, absolutely fantastic. I mean, that Thiago back pass was really poor. But what was really impressive about it was his deceleration, his ability to put the brakes on. As Lacazette takes a touch on the ball, he's automatically able to stand up, narrow the distance, judge his distance so well, maintain his ground, shepherd Lacazette out, and then obviously stand strong for Odegaard and spread himself brilliantly. And again, much like Robertson, I think sometimes I don't look past Alisson, but you're almost become too accustomed to his brilliance, really. So calm in situations, so good at just in dis- judging distances, and so good at that deceleration to be able to hold up attacks and essentially slow down and delay the opposition striker from making a decision. So I think it was a real show from Liverpool tonight about, because a lot of the time we talk about you know how well they've played, how much domination they've had, but actually if you look at them today, you know that they can go away to a very good opponent who play very well and still come out with the results in relative comfortable terms and the way the second half played out when they then got that level of control. And listen, it, it was a bad goalkeeping error wasn't the greatest shot from Jota you'll ever see. But Liverpool's firepower always allows them to get into advantageous areas and then strike on goal. I mean, the the statistics show you that no one has more shots on goal than Liverpool. No one accumulates more expected goals. And so they still carry that threat. I mean, some of the actual link-up play from Liverpool in the final third today was really poor. I felt money was absolutely terrible. I don't think that Jota... I was having a particularly game, a particularly good game before the goal. However, like I say, they still carry that threat. And ultimately, a real sucker punch for Arsenal when the second went in. And Liverpool are then able to see out the game. So, to be in this situation, obviously going into the the next fixture against Watford and, and with the chance to be in the lead in terms of points accumulation before they go to City, I think it's just been an absolutely fantastic effort from Liverpool and one that I couldn't personally see coming. I really couldn't. I still think it's going to be a massive ask because I know how, I believe how great City are, even against Crystal Palace, the level of control they have over teams. I mean, how they didn't win that Crystal Palace game, I'll never know. And the game at the Etihad is going to be a really, really difficult fixture for Liverpool. And it's... Also very difficult to see Manchester City dropping too many more points. But at this moment in time, so is it Liverpool, albeit with some still tricky-looking fixtures coming up. So, really magnificent results. I think everyone inside the club will be well aware of the significance of it. And hopefully, it'll go on to, to produce a springboard for Liverpool to then go on. And I think, just going back to my very first point, I think the... The afternoon showed the, how important some of Liverpool's defensive feared players are in allowing them the platform to go on and win games, even when they are nowhere near the best. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.